Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. We are officially into the Eastern and Western Conference playoffs in both the NBA and the NHL. And I think if you are a Washington Capitals fan, You should be celebrating like never before, going on the road and winning two over the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Washington Capitals, and Alexander Ovechkin, the perpetual never-can-quite-get-it-done squad, the team that began the playoffs by losing their first two against Columbus at home before having to storm back and win that series. They are in great shape to advance to the Stanley Cup Final. The Winnipeg Jets have already knocked out the Vegas Golden Knights in Game 1 and look to be pretty good to advance as well. If you were betting right now on the NHL, you'd say it's going to be Winnipeg against the Washington Capitals. That's where we are in the NHL over the weekend. But number one story, of course, will be as LeBron turns. uh, And uh, LeBron and the soap opera that is his career. Let's break down exactly what's happened so far in the playoffs. First-round series, the Cavs come out and get beat by 18 at home by the Indiana Pacers. And effectively, that game signifies, oh man, this is going to be a series. The Cavs then will get blown out one more time, and there will be five close games in this series. The Cavs win four of them. Series one against the Indiana Pacers, there are five close games, and I'm defining a close game as one where it could have gone either way in the final five minutes of the game, and the Cavs win four out of five. There are two blowouts, and the Cavs get blown out twice there. 
Series 2 against the Toronto Raptors. The Cavs win two exceedingly close games. One in Game 1, which I believe broke the spirits of the Raptors. And the second in Game 3, which I believe further broke the spirits of the Toronto Raptors. Even though the Cleveland Cavaliers won Series 2 against the Raptors in a sweep four straight games, two of those games, if you change one play, the Raptors could have won and it would have been 2-2 going back to Toronto for Game 5. But you run the math there, and effectively what we have is seven close games so far in the playoffs for the uh Cleveland Cavaliers, and they have won five of them. No, six of them. Six and one in games that are decided, the the Cavs are, inside the final five minutes. Well, what happens in game one against the Celtics? They get blown out. And not just beaten. I mean, beaten badly. Never a contest in this game. And so the question has to be, was this an aberration? Was this the kind of game that 33-year-old LeBron James and the Cavs are just going to toss out every now and then? They're going to get run, which which is, by the way, is why I would be nervous if I were a Cavs fan right now. Because at some point, if you get blown out like they have three different times in the playoffs in your first, whatever the math is on that, your first uh, 12 games, if you get blown out uh, three times, that should make you a little bit nervous. Now, the fact that the Cavs are 7-1 and one in close games should temper that nervousness because I believe Game 2 in Boston will be close, and based on the precedent they have set so far, there's a very good chance that the Cavs will win a close game. They'll be tied up 1-1 when they go back to Cleveland, and everybody will stop to hit the panic button. There won't be that same uh-oh moment from everybody out there the everything will kind of be recalibrated. But I do think that there is room for nervousness here. But if I were a Cavs fan or if I were the NBA, because remember, the NBA doesn't have a league. It's got a player. You go look at all the ratings. People care about LeBron. They don't care about the NBA. People, for some reason, don't seem to be willing to comprehend and understand that fact. NBA doesn't have a league. It has a player people care about, and that player is LeBron James. Boston Celtics win this series. NBA Finals ratings are going to decline 30% because LeBron James is not going to be there. That's the truth. It's just like what happened with Jordan. So you got to be nervous, but you don't have to hit the panic button because I think the Cavs will come back out in game two. It'll be close, and if you follow the precedent of what has happened so far in this playoffs, if they get into a close game, the Cavs are going to find a way to win because the only close game that they have not won all season in the playoffs now was game three. If you remember game three, the Pacers came back from a deficit, won game three to go up 2-1, and I think that was like 94-90, something along those lines was the final score in that game. And as a result... The Cavs had to win game four. They won a close game four, and they've won every pretty much close game throughout this series. They are 6-1 and one in games decided by five points or less or in the final five minutes. Games that are toss-ups, the Cavs have won. Now, LeBron James was asked about this in the postgame, whether he was nervous about losing game one, 
and he had this to say. I have zero level of concern at this stage. I didn't go to college, so it's not March Madness. You know, you, you get better throughout the series. You see ways you can get better throughout the series, but I've been down 0-1, I've been down 0-2. Uh, I've been down before in the postseason. But for me, there's never no level of concern, no matter how bad I play tonight with seven turnovers, how inefficient I was shooting the ball, just as confident going into a series, no matter if it's a 0-0 series or I'm down 0-1. I've seen uh, every coverage, um, pretty much. Um, and for me, uh, game one has always been a fill-out game for me, um, if you ever followed my history. So um, you know, I got a, a, a good sense of the way they played me today and, uh, you know, and, and how I play going to, going into game two. I don't think there's any doubt the Cavs will be better in game two. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt at all. But I do think that game one was really significant for this reason. Just like the Pacers sent the message, hey, we can beat these Cavs. And just like the Raptors lost in game one. And frankly, why I think game one is going to matter so much tonight with the Warriors on the road against the Rockets. I believe these Celtics fully 100% are confident that they can beat the Cavs. And I believe that because of what we've seen from the Celtics so far in this playoffs. Remember, they haven't lost at home. So I think the Celtics believe that they are going to win every game that they play in Boston. They went seven games against the Bucks and had to win all four at home. They won uh, all three of their home games against the 76ers. And remember, they haven't been very good on the road. They've only won one road game so far. Whereas for the Cavs, I don't know necessarily that it matters that much whether they're on the road or they're at home. It's more of a veteran squad. I don't think they're going to really adjust the way that they play that much depending on whether they're playing at the home, at home or on the road. But I do believe that the Celtics, because of how Brad Stevens has got them rolling, he's got everybody buying in, he's got everybody playing their role, and I believe this, you know you have a really good team that has all bought in and you have a good chemistry about you and you just have total faith that you are going to get the most of your talents because you believe in the coach. I feel like the Celtics, uniquely maybe among young teams in the NBA right now, believe wholeheartedly that they have the best basketball coach in the league and that whatever Brad Stevens tells them to do, they are going to go out and execute it and they are going to be able to take this series to the utmost of their ability. May not win it, but I feel like they have the utmost faith in Brad Stevens to put them into a position to win. And I feel like Ty Lue on the other sideline has almost nothing to do with whether or not the Cavs are going to actually be successful. And I asked you this question. I know they played last year, but I asked this question last night, and about 14,000 of you voted is Brad Stevens versus Ty Lue the greatest conference finals coaching mismatch in NBA history? 83% of you said yes. Bron James is a great player. I don't know what Ty Lue is adding to the Cleveland Cavaliers in terms of their ability to perform at a high level in this series. Game two will be close. If There's a great stat that John Campbell gave us uh, from Odd Shark. He said in the NBA, if you win the first two games you win 94% of all series. Now, I think that's maybe a little bit off when you're talking about LeBron, and I think when you're talking about the uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, by and large, and their faith in LeBron. 
But I do, and also when you factor in that the Celtics haven't been able to go on the road and win but one game so far on the road in the playoffs. So I definitely think even if the Celtics win tomorrow, that there's still a pretty good chance that the Cavs would go back home and win both of those games and we'd be coming back to Boston for game five. And I think we'd be set up probably for a six or seven game series. But I definitely think that that's when you hit the, the panic button. I think you hit the panic button if you go down 0-2. Could be a little bit nervous right now, not just because the Cavs lost, but because of how they got dominated. This was not a contest. And so you know the confidence level is going to be high in Boston. They are now 7-0, 8-0 at home in the playoffs so far. They thoroughly are going to expect to go to 9-0. And if they're up 2-0 going back to Cleveland – then I think the pressure is ratcheted up to an insanely high level on LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Because frankly, I don't think anybody expected the Celtics to be in the NBA uh, Eastern Conference Finals this year. And I certainly don't think there's anybody out there who anticipated that they would go to the NBA Finals. We got a great series in theory that's going to be starting uh, tonight between the Warriors and the Rockets. We'll get into that. We got a great show lined up for you. Appreciate all of you coming and hanging out with us Monday morning. Outkick the coverage uh, here. Go download the podcast. Make sure that you are a part of the Outkick family. We, by the way, are setting up, and this is going to be awesome. I'm officially able to announce this. We are going to do a weekend in Las Vegas. If you like the show, if you enjoy Outkick, we are going to be doing an awesome weekend in Vegas. We're going to do a sports media and gambling conference. This is going to be the first year that we have ever done it. It's going to be a spectacular weekend at the Hard Rock Hotel out in Las Vegas. I'm going to continue to tease this a ton. Uh, We're going to sell this thing out, and it's going to be an awful lot of fun. We've never done it before. This is what I'm going to become an annual event. Las Vegas weekend right before college football and the NFL start. Uh, I have got a block of hotel rooms reserved at the Hard Rock Hotel You'll get out there uh, either on Thursday or Friday. We'll have events on Friday and Saturday. I'll be announcing what those events are, but a lot of the people that you hear on this show, obviously I'll be there, but a lot of people that you hear on this show as guests will be there on panels. You'll be able to meet with them, interact with them. We're going to talk gambling. We're going to talk sports media. There's going to be a lot of fun there. Starting on Thursday, August 23rd, 24th, and 25th, if you want to go, I'm going to tweet you out the link this morning for the first time. We'll put it out there for the public to uh, to reserve rooms. I think we're going to sell out on this thing pretty quick. So again, it's Outkick the Weekend in Las Vegas at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. It's going to be awesome. You're going to not want to miss it. It's going to be the 23rd, 24th, and 25th of August. So a little over three months from now. So you want to get your hotel rooms booked. You want to get your airfare. A lot of you listening right now are on the West Coast. You can drive in from L.A. Maybe you're in Vegas as well. We're going to sell individual tickets if you don't need a hotel room. I will be putting up the link here shortly, and I'm telling you it's going to be an awesome, awesome weekend, and I can't wait to do it. Uh, We are also going to be hanging out, uh, and a lot of you will be driving in cars that you got from True Car where you can easily find the car that you want. With True Price from True Car, you can avoid the confusion you encounter online by getting a great price you can count on before you ever visit a dealership. The True Price includes all dealer fees and accessories. True Car will show you what other people in your area paid for the car you want. Now you know what a fair price is so you can feel confident and your certified dealers know this. 
So they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. Over 3 million cars have been sold to true car users by the True Car Certified Dealer Network. There are over 15,000 True Car Certified Dealers nationwide. True Car users save an average of over three grand off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Car shopping can be confusing. My girl, Taylor Swift, bringing us back. It's a great song. She's really good, you know. With terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice, TrueCar shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. All right, guys, I know what's going to happen today. Sunday, LeBron James gets his ass kicked. Six hours straight, if it hasn't already started, on Michael Jordan versus LeBron James coming on ESPN and FS1. Any television show that you put on, they are going to be talking Michael Jordan versus LeBron James. I know what that means for us. We need to get a sounder to go with this. We had last week a incredibly controversial debate. Peanut butter versus jelly. What we have decided to do is instead of debating LeBron James versus Michael Jordan, which everybody else on the planet is going to be doing, I have a list of 40 topics, head-to-head, head-to-head topics. And I'm looking at that list right now, and I'm going to bring in the crew, and we're going to open up the phone lines, and we are going to debate. Last week, we had an incredibly drawn-out, knockdown, down drag-out fight between peanut butter and jelly. And today, I'm telling you right now, the contest. Are you ready for the contest? There's the music. There's the music in the background. Which is the greatest fast food restaurant? Your two options are in this corner. Chick-fil-A. The greatest, most successful fast food restaurant of all time. In the other corner, everybody else. All right, this is this is maybe a little bit controversial. Chick-fil-A taking on all comers. This is like an unprecedented breakdown. Chick-fil-A against every other fast food restaurant that exists in the United States. Who have you got? I'm going to tell you right now. I've got Chick-fil-A. You look at the success record of Chick-fil-A, all right? Chick-fil-A out there right now in these fast food streets is just slaying everybody. Chick-fil-A can put the sleeper on everybody. They've got so many different numbers out there that dominate. But here's all I need. Revenue produced per store, per restaurant, Chick-fil-A doubles every other fast food restaurant in America, and they're only open six days a week. This is an unbelievable stat. I'm going to give you the exact numbers. I will pull it up. I'm going to put out the poll question, Chick-fil-A versus everybody, all right? Every other fast food restaurant versus Chick-fil-A, 877 877- 
996-6369. Usually we have a head-to-head. Michael Jordan versus LeBron is the is the jump-off point here of what we're doing. But here, I don't even feel comfortable giving a head-to-head with Chick-fil-A. I think Chick-fil-A is so good that you have to combine every other fan base in order to potentially beat it. Jason Martin, which side of this debate are you taking? Uh, Clay, last week we disagreed. This week we do not. Chick-fil-A dunks on everybody. Nothing on the menu sucks. Despite how long the lines always are, and I do mean always are, the speed with which you get your food and your my pleasure line from the server, incredible. Nuggets are ridiculous. The waffle fries, phenomenal. They've gotten ketchup right for years, and only now everybody else is following suit with those like packets that you open and you can automatically dip without having to go that extra step. Plus, and this is my addition, and everyone that has never tried this, you're welcome. The best non-alcoholic drink on earth is the Chick-fil-A lemonade that they make in-house mixed with a little bit of high C fruit punch. Ask for that when you walk in. Ask for it to be split with high C. You will lose your mind. Chick-fil-A by about 800 miles over anything else anyone else wants to name. All right. There you have it. Jason Martin and I in agreement. I'm going to put out the uh, put out the poll question here momentarily. We go out to Los Angeles a place that has only recently been fortunate enough to have a Chick-fil-A. Who you got, Danny G? Well, it, are we allowed to vote for a regional chain? In other words, there are six other, Everyone any other, that Hold on. I don't want... Now, this is going to get into a debate. Yeah. It has to be a chain. There have to be at least 50 of them. Okay. All right? All right. There have to be 50 of them. So I don't want people calling in all over the country like, well, my <laughs> uncle has this awesome fast food chain and you've got like two of them and we're the – no, no, no. Yeah. You have to have at least 50 and they have to be multi-state so in order to be, challenge. So it can't be a little mom-pop operation. No. You can't pull in the best hamburger place in whatever city you live in and argue that that's better than Chick-fil-A. I'm talking about you are driving in your car and you get off the interstate and you can see it in one state, and then you continue the drive, and you can find it in another state. It has to be a legitimate chain, at least 50 okay. of them. Now, I love Chick-fil-A. I've been there just a couple of times because, like you said, it's fairly new to California. But the one restaurant from the time I was a little kid to now, just the smell of it alone is mesmerizing. People land at Burbank and LAX, and they run to it as fast as they can. Yes, it's stereotypical, but yes, it's also delicious in and out burgers. So you're going at you're going that's your number going, one draft going pick. In and out, number one. What about you, Justin Cooper? I know you hate Chick-fil-A. I don't hate Chick-fil-A. And I wanna I wanna like clarify something. Cause when you first asked the question, I was thinking, like, if you had to, you know, sit there and there was a scenario where either you would never have there would never be another Chick-fil-A restaurant again, or there would be Chick-fil-A's, but you wouldn't have any other fast food restaurant again. It's not it's not that, right? It's just one individual other fast food chain versus Chick-fil-A, any of them, not all of them, right? Do you get what I'm asking? This is way too complicated. I was trying to put out the poll question, so I wasn't <laughs> even listening to you. Uh, the, come back. I just tweeted it's, out the poll question, by the way. It's at not Clay Chick-fil-A Travis. versus all others. It's any other, right? Oh, you're not combined. No. The be- what is the best? Any other store 
right? Any other place out there, what is your number one draft pick? Taco Bell. You're going Taco Bell. Yep. Interesting. Wow. It's a little bit a little bit off the board with Taco Bell. All right. So the poll question is out. Is it a fair poll question? Let's talk about the question. Jason Martin, fair poll question. Yeah, I mean, it's fair. It's tough. Because, uh, it's a little bit tough because you can look at other restaurants and say, all right, occasionally one menu item there is going to be better maybe than Chick-fil-A. But if like I, maybe, but if you maybe pick, you like Five Guys Fries, for but instance, if you pick or something two, like that. Like, I feel like Chick-fil-A is unquestioned in terms of its popularity, one of the two most popular fast food restaurants, right? Without oh, question. Yeah. I would say so. But, but I don't think there's a clear-cut number one challenger. In other words, this was like the UFC when Ronda Rousey was dominating. It was like there wasn't really another woman that they could throw in there and be like, okay, this is the match of all matches, right? It was that Ronda Rousey was, and then she got her ass kicked, right? So I don't think that's going to happen to Chick-fil-A. I don't think Taco Bell is going to holly home uh, uh, our, our Ronda Rousey-Chick-fil-A match up here. But that was, like, Chick-fil-A is clearly in the ring for the contest. I think it would be hard-pressed to find number two. And number two might well be something that is not as popular. So we have got the poll question that is out there. Uh, 877-996-6369. You can call in. You can call into question. Like, I've got a huge list, and I didn't even know this morning until I sat down, which one am I going to pick? The poll question is out there, and I got to tell you, immediately while Justin Cooper was talking, I just tweeted it out, and which is the best fast food restaurant in the country? Chick-fil-A or every other fast food place. And right now, 200 votes are in. Chick-fil-A, 80% of the vote. I mean, this is a absolute just disaster for every other fast food place in the country. Uh, let's go ahead and bring in uh, my guy. Uh, who we got back? We got back. Eddie is back. Eddie Garcia is back to give us the update on what happened last night. Eddie, before you give the update... What are you taking here? Chick-fil-A or or any other fast food well, company in the country? I am a big Chick-fil-A fan. Their, their service, their products, everything. They're, they're high on my list, but I do prefer burgers over chicken. So I am going to go five guys as my favorite. So you are, you are going in, and right now, let's see. I mean, 80% of the vote rolling in on Chick-fil-A. We'll see. We'll take your calls next in the great MJ versus LeBron James debate. Instead, we're debating this morning Chick-fil-A versus every other fast food restaurant. Eddie Garcia, take it away. All right, Clay, it's time for your Geico playoff report in the NBA playoffs. Game 1 Eastern Conference Finals. All Celtics have beat the Cavaliers 108-83. 25-point win for Boston. They had three players, Jalen Brown, Marcus Morris, Al Horford scoring 20 or more points. LeBron James had just 15. Boston with a 1-0 series lead. NHL playoffs Game 2 Eastern Conference Finals. Capitals beat the Lightning in Tampa Bay again. 6-2 was the final. Washington with a 2-0 series lead, having won the first two games on the road. Golf, the Players' Championship, your winner is Webb Simpson. He led going into the final round. He finishes with a four-shot victory for his fifth PGA Tour win, but his first in five years. As for Tiger Woods, he was within four shots of the lead at one point on the on the final day, was tied for second at one point, but finishes seven shots back and tied for 11th. 
This report is brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And Clay, a note from the NFL, former Rams, Seahawks, and Bills head coach Chuck Knox has passed away at the age of 86. He was a three-time NFL coach of the year. Now back to the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios and Clay Travis. We are here in the Geico Outkick Studios where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. I'm telling you right now, if you put on television today on ESPN or FS1, they're going to do six straight hours on LeBron versus Michael Jordan. We have killed the LeBron James versus Michael Jordan debate here because... We believe it is the most played out, overanalyzed, over-discussed story in the history of Sports Talk Radio. It's on the Mount Rushmore of awful Sports Talk Radio topics. LeBron James versus Michael Jordan is number one. And then in no particular order, should Pete Rose make the Hall of Fame? Should college players be paid and steroids and or peds? Those topics will never end. Not saying we won't break the glass case of Sports Talk Radio awfulness at some point in July when there's literally nothing going on. And I sit down in this chair and I say, my God, we have got three hours of radio to fill today and there's literally nothing going on in the world of sports. But in the wake of LeBron losing game one to the uh, the Boston Celtics, everybody's going to be talking LeBron versus Michael Jordan this morning. And we instead are talking Chick-fil-A versus every other fast food restaurant in the country. Uh, you can go vote at Clay Travis on the poll on Twitter and uh, we got a lot of different feedback rolling in. Let's go ahead and take your calls. Let's go to Lynn in Louisville. Lynn, what you got? I'm saying Raising Cane's. Ra- another yeah. chicken place. Absolutely. What? What are you going to say? What makes Raising Cane's better than Chick-fil-A? Um, the oil that they cook their chicken in. I'm like... I have. I do not have a peanut allergy. I have an oil type allergy, and every time I eat a Chick Fil A, two or three bites, I'm into the bathroom, and so are my children. Wow! Wow, Lynn. <laughs> All right, that's unexpected. An oil allergy. I've never heard of an oil allergy before. I've never heard of anybody having that problem of going to Chick Fil A and immediately having to run to the bathroom. Ron and Canton, what you got for me, Ron? Well, again, I have to say Raising Cane's, they just brought one here to Canton recently. I looked it up. There's several hundred of these, and they put it right next to Chick-fil-A, and I, I may never go to Chick-fil-A again. Wow. Chick-fil-A is great, but I'm telling you, Raising Cane's is phenomenal. Uh, first of all, now, do we think that somebody could get smart here and just get a ton of product placement for themselves? Because when I hear Lynn and Ron call in back-to-back with Raising Cane's, the first thing I think is that's kind of a genius ploy by Raising Cane's to get their product out. If Doug in Connecticut's saying the same thing, then then I got major issues here with somebody trying to rig the ballot. Doug, what you got for me? We, we got a be goods here in Connecticut. It's really good. It's organic and grass-fed. You know, you know here's the thing with chick Filet. They're not open on Sundays, and they're against gay marriage. You know, who doesn't love gay marriage? YMCA, dude. Yeah. First of all, if your chicken sandwich is good enough, I don't care what your position is on gay marriage. There are a lot of gay people out there right now. We could probably just open the phone lines up and have gay people call in and confess 
that they go to Chick-fil-A even though they're gay and even though they think gay marriages should be legal because their chicken sandwich is so good. This is in my new book. My argument is all these companies that are out there worried about having political opinions on hot-button issues. Remember when Delta just recently got in trouble because they had an NRA discount after the shooting down in Parkland, and then they got all caught up in what the Second Amendment was? And my argument is Delta. I don't care what your opinion is on the Second Amendment. Here's what I want you to do, Delta. I want the Wi-Fi to work on your damn planes. I can't get good Wi-Fi on anybody's airline anywhere in the country. You tell me that I can get on a plane and a 100% chance that the Wi-Fi is going to work flawlessly, and I can post an article, I can send all my emails, I can stream a television show and watch it, and I will fly that airline all the time. Because be especially if it's a long flight. I've taken that flight Southwest. Uh, I've taken the American. I've taken Delta. Everybody, when I go to L.A., lots of places you can fly to L.A., four- or five-hour flight, don't have the ability to have functional Wi-Fi on it. I don't care what those airlines' Second Amendment positions are. I don't care what their position is on gay marriage. My position is on Wi-Fi, make it work. And also, don't charge me $900 to have Wi-Fi. So, to me, what Chick-fil-A stands for is this principle. Be good at what you do, and your politics don't matter. New York City right now, pretty liberal city. They are lined up around the blocks for the new Chick-fil-A's that have opened in New York City. Let's go to Alex in New York. Alex, are you in New York City, or what part of New York are you in? Uh, I am not. I'm in Watertown. All right. So, But uh, what's your position here? Who you got, Chick-fil-A or everybody? So I'm going to agree with you, Clay, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Um, anytime I go down south, that's the first place me and my wife and my daughter stop. Uh, and head and shoulders above everybody else. Thank you. Thank you for the call. By the way, Chick-fil-A, no product placement here. No money that they're spending. I don't even know that they need to advertise because they're so good at what they do. We now have 1,500 votes in early this morning. Which is the best fast food restaurant in the country? Chick-fil-A. Every other fast food place, your favorite, going head-to-head against Chick-fil-A, and it's a crushing win for Chick-fil-A. Nearly 80% of the vote, 79% to 21%. Wow. Just right up there with peanut butter versus jelly, except every other fast food place in the country, people are able to pick their favorite, and Chick-fil-A is still winning 4-1. to one. That's pretty phenomenal. We'll continue to take your calls, 877-996-6369. Other places are going to be arguing Jordan versus LeBron. We're arguing Chick-fil-A versus everybody. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Now is a fantastic time to buy a new Honda. Visit shophonda.com or visit your local Honda dealer today. The comments on Twitter, we got loaded lines, by the way, 877-996-6369. Stephen Joseph says, just lost a ton of respect for Justin in L.A. Taco Bell, bro. Uh, lots of people with their own, uh, lots of people with their own um, responses. Chick-fil-A isn't vegetarian friendly. Well, maybe don't go eat at a fast food restaurant if you're a vegetarian. Just going to toss that out there. A strange or unique eating habit. Like, I, these people drive me crazy. Like, if you go to a cookout, 
Don't assume that somebody's going to have a veggie or like your what, what's the, what's the type of these diets people have. What's the uh, the vegan? If you have if you don't like hamburgers, maybe don't go to a cookout. I just got a crazy idea. And don't show up and be like, oh, you don't have veggie burgers. No, no. Your average person throwing a cookout did not go buy veggie burgers in the possibility that somebody might be a veggie uh, or a vegan. Don't go to the cookout. Or don't show up and then complain because your specific, incredibly, insanely uncommon diet is not featured in the food options. Ah, just deal with it. Maybe eat something else. Maybe don't have a burger and just eat potato chips. Maybe just eat corn on the cob and fruit and keep your mouth shut and stop complaining about your diet that nobody cares about. I swear to God, some of you losers out there with your specific diets. Well, I'm in the in the anti like all these all these diet stuff. Like then be bring your own food. Bring your own food to the cookout. Maybe don't go to the fast food restaurant. Somebody doesn't have to cater to you. There are a lot of options out there. Right now, Chick-fil-A dunking on everybody. Let's go to your calls. James in Louisville. What's up, James? It's all about that Popeyes, man. Oh, Throwing Popeyes. the biscuits with that chicken and the mashed potatoes, it's on. Yeah, you see, I, I'm not, I I understand like the uh the Popeyes argument, the KFC argument, the uh what uh, what else is out there? There's another uh there's another like fried chicken place, right? To me, if you're going chicken, Chick-fil-A just dunks on everybody else. I would rather have chicken nuggets from Chick-fil-A than I would anybody else in the chicken product arena. Now, Popeyes does have a mean biscuit. I'm not a big fan. Like, they used to have a place called Mrs. Winners where I grew up. They had pretty fantastic biscuits. But I think biscuit is like, Hardee's to me has the best biscuit. I, like, the what, what's the other name for Hardee's? The Carl's Jr.? Is it, do they have biscuits at Carl's Jr. too? They do. They do the uh, yeah. the breakfast. Uh, is the, it the same? It's the same basic kind. Yes, it's the same the, company. Yeah. The they just have different scratch. names. Yeah, yeah, the same made-from-scratch biscuit wherever you are in the country. I think they have the best biscuits anywhere in the country. I won't accept an argument otherwise for fast food-related places. Brandon in North Carolina. What's up, Brandon? Hey, how's it going, Clay? Living the dream, Brandon. Hey, man. Uh, just uh, want to weigh in on this and say Chick-fil-A, hands down. Uh, would like to try Raisin Cane, but there aren't any around here. I would try it, but my loyalty would probably go back to Chick-fil-A. It's just that good. Yeah, you know, I, thanks for the call. I'm a Zaxby's guy, too. If I had to go number two on chicken, it would be Zaxby's above Raisin Cane. I like Zaxby's a lot. I think Zaxby's sauce is the greatest sauce of any fast food restaurant, like any condiment. I think Zaxby's sauce may be the greatest condiment that's ever existed. Like if I had right now to just uh, to only eat a sauce, Zaxby's sauce is the gr- like ranch dressing is by and large number one on the the sauce attribute, right? Because you put ranch on anything and it's actually good. Like I mean, ranch makes everything better, but I think the Zaxby's sauce is even better than ranch, which is about the highest praise I can give. Zaxby sauce is better than ranch is, I mean, I just got to tell you, it's it's phenomenal. Kyle in Florida. What's up, Kyle? What's up, man? I'm right there with you, man. Zaxby's, the sauce is out. There's the world. Love Chick-fil-A, too, but uh, I think Zaxby's got to be. So, oh, you're called in for Zaxby's. Yeah. See, I think Zaxby's is really good. Zaxby's. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Zaxby's yeah. chicken finger is definitely on the Mount Rushmore of greatest 
uh, fast food individual things ever created. And if you combine it with Zaxby sauce, it's fantastic. Still Chick-fil-A better. But Zaxby's might be number two on my list. Certainly number two on my chicken list. Bob in Nashville. What you got for me, Bob? Clay, I like the burgers and fries, and the Frosty is a classic dessert. So I'm going to go Wendy's and Michael Jordan. We will not be silenced. <laughs> but I got to say, which Frosty do you go with? Do you go with the chocolate or the vanilla? I'm a classic Frosty The chocolate, guy. but I've, I've considered asking them to put van- chocolate on the bottom, vanilla on top, so I can have both. I haven't done that yet, but I'm really thinking oh, about it. That's a strong play. That's a potentially strong play. See, we, the, the, when the in the local Preds market here, uh, before the Preds, rest in peace, were eliminated from the playoffs, if they scored four or more goals, you got a free Frosty. And so I would take my kids through the drive through and go get the free Frosties. Now, we'd end up spending like $30 on top of it, so it was a good move by Wendy's. But that's how much I love the Frosty. The Frosty is also one of those things that you, can, you have to eat it immediately because I don't know how they do the soft serve thing, but if you, put the, you don't eat the whole Frosty and let's say you put it in the freezer or somebody buys you one and they leave it for you, you can't ever get the same soft serve feel once the Frosty has been frozen in your freezer or your refrigerator. Like even if you, you might be able to handle it, put it in the refrigerator for just a short amount of time, but if you put it in the freezer at all, you kill the Frosty. It's like you just absolutely wipe it out. Um, I, and I don't have any doubt. I don't have any idea how that happens, but it does. Clifford in Houston. What's up, Clifford? How you doing, man? Uh, down here in Houston, we got a burger chain that's getting bigger and bigger. It's called Whataburger. Yeah, that's uh, not... one of the best ones around there. Yeah, that's not an uncommon burger change. There, there's lots of Whataburgers out there. Uh, understand that it's favorably received by lots of people out there. Got to tell you right now, Chick-fil-A is winning. We'll take a few more of your calls. Dan Wetzel is going to join us. He's been all over the nation like me. We'll see if he has any suggestions. I am Clay Travis. Go get a Frosty, but make sure you don't put it in your refrigerator because that will kill it forever. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Uh, Bronco Maniac, and uh, my guy uh, Justin Cooper just made me aware of this. Bronco Maniac tweeted, Thank God for Clay Travis, Danny G Radio, uh, Eddie on Fox, and uh, a a Bronco fan. That's all four of us. By the way, not tagging Jason Martin, so I like this tweet even more. Because all they're doing on ESPN is making excuses for uh, LeBron Cavs. And then he also tagged uh, ESPN Golic Wingo and uh, Golic Jr. And I want to thank Mike Golic for the shout-out. He said, thank God. You know things are not going well for your show that used to be really powerful. When you are reading tweets during the show and responding to critics pointing out that our show is a lot better. I I just got to say, like if I ever get tagged by Mike and Mike fans and I'm responding to their tweets live on air while I'm on my own show, things are not going well. I know that new morning show they got, what's it called? The the Woke Center AM that's getting dunked on by everybody on ESPN. Nobody is watching that show. They spent 35 they're spending 35 million dollars on that new show and they took Golick's uh, partner, uh the Greenberg. They put him on the show with Jalen Rose and Michelle Beadle. And they're paying them $15 million. And literally, like, their moms aren't even watching. By the way, happy Mother's Day, everybody. I'm sorry that, that you have to watch that awful show if you're the parents or the moms of, uh, of those three. And now we got Mike Golick actually responding to people, pointing out that our show's a lot better. 
should ask him which fast food chain he likes the best. I bet he'd rather talk about that too than make excuses for LeBron James. Everybody else, I'm telling you, six straight hours on ESPN and FS1, they're going to be arguing Michael Jordan versus LeBron James. And by the way, LeBron James got his ass kicked. His team did, the Cavs. Celtics win game one. But it's a seven-game series. We'll see what happens. I said they've won every close game. We'll see what transpires. Everybody else out there going to be arguing LeBron James versus Michael Jordan, not us. We're arguing Chick-fil-A versus everybody. <laughs> and I'm, can I say everybody, or is that racist to me? Is everybody everybody's uh, property, or is that like, is that am I culturally appropriating everybody by saying it? Racist. Is that racist of me? Danny G, is it racist of me to say everybody? It is? Yes. I, is it really? Well, it's more racist that you had to ask about it. I, I just, I, my goal in life is to make sure that I never say anything that makes anybody uncomfortable. So I just want to say, if I say Chick-fil-A versus everybody, am I allowed to say that? Uh, Nick in, by the way, thanks to Mike Golick for the shout out. Our show is a lot better than yours. Uh, Nick in Louisville. What's up, Nick? Hey, Clay. How's it going? Uh, Nick, you sound hey. like you're going to die soon. You need to stop smoking. No, I'm, I'm good, bro. How long <laughs> you been smoking? Uh, a couple of years now. Started when you were eight, didn't you? Nah. All right, who you got? Chick Fil A or everybody? I got a Subway, man. <laughs> Subway. I didn't mean to laugh because I. It, sorry. What? Sorry. I didn't mean that. Subway just kind of came. It just kind of came out of nowhere to me. There. Look, I. By the way, what's going to happen here is I guarantee you that Fox Sports Radio sales team has got Subway all set to spend a million dollars on the show. And then I just laughed when the guy suggested that Subway was the best possible fast food place. I don't think there's – I don't even think the the guy who runs Subway, whoever – or the girl who runs Subway, I don't even think they would argue that Subway is the best fast food place in the country. It's good, but it's for when you're on a diet. Yeah, it's also like – I mean, I eat Subway a lot. I like Subway. I, I usually go with the uh, sweet onion teriyaki, you know, like uh, that's my go-to. I also love the meatball sub, um, and and so I've eaten there a lot. Comparing Subway to Chick-fil-A is like arguing that some, like, seventh-grade boys basketball team is better than the Golden State Warriors. It's just such a laughably absurd argument that when you make the argument, you don't even know what to say. By the way, I'm afraid that Nick in Louisville is going to die soon. I mean, that was one of the worst smoker voices I've ever heard. That guy has been smoking four packs a day since he was eight years old. Yeah, but he eats veggie sandwiches from Subway. So well, that's true. They, for evens. the veggie people out yeah. there, there is a veggie option. It evens Jake, out. Jake in uh, Erie, Pennsylvania. What's up, Jake? Hey, good morning, Clay. Thanks for taking my call. <clears throat> uh, I had a Chick-fil-A on my college campus, so uh, I lived off Polynesian sauce and waffle fries for years, but... Uh, since moving back up north, I have to make a case for Arby's. Uh, pretty huge variety of fresh meat, strong uh, dessert options, along with uh, curly fries. Yeah, I, I understand the Arby's fanatic out there. Remember Steve Spurrier got his picture taken in the Arby's, and that was probably the best viral marketing Arby's has, has certainly had in a long time. I like the roast beef sandwich. I don't think the roast beef sandwich is like really kind of up there in the pantheon of sandwiches. And, and I don't say that in a negative way. I like the shaved roast beef. I, I like uh, I like the taste. I I just don't think that Arby's can be in the mix. It's a good place, not a great place. Ray in L.A. What's up, Ray? Uh, we don't have it in Southern California, so I only get it when I'm on vacation. Is Zaxby's? 
Zaxby's is, is yeah, no, I I think you can make the argument. It's the Texas toast and the fries that go with the chicken. I agree. My my kid, my seven year old's favorite place to go is Zaxby's. We finish a little league baseball game. You can go eat anywhere. You know, it's Saturday. We just finished a morning game. Where do you want to go? Zaxby's hands down. He would go to Zaxby's for every meal if he could. Okay, as and he as he mentioned, we don't have that in Southern California. So is it a chicken spot? Yeah, yeah, it's it's fried chicken and and chicken tenders is kind of their specialty. So so it's uh, raising canes uh, of the South. Well, I, Zaxby's is from the South too. Look, we specialize in fried food down here, so you don't like. It's not like you can't have multiple of these. I think raising canes. If I'm not mistaken, where's Raising Cane's based? I think they're from Louisiana. I believe that Zaxby's is from Georgia. So we got like two, and then Chick-fil-A obviously is from is from Georgia too. So if you can fry chicken, we own it in the South. I, I don't want to dunk on every other part of the every other region of the country, but we own fried foods here. And we die younger as a result, but we enjoy the food that we're eating as a result, too. So if you can fry it, we own it. Like, basically, the SEC footprint, we own diabetes, we own, uh, like, early deaths, and we own fried foods. And those are all connected. But as a result, we can really make some good fast food. So I think, well, somebody looked that up. I think Raising Cane's is based in yeah, Louisiana. They're, they're out of Baton Rouge. Yeah, out of Baton Rouge. So you got Zaxby's, which I believe is, is, is out of, I think the first ones were like in Athens area, which is where obviously the University of Georgia is. Baton Rouge, which is LSU. And then you've got uh, the, the Truett Cathy Company, the Chick-fil-A, which is out of the Atlanta area and is now rapidly spread across the country. Let's go to uh, Bill in Nashville. What's up, Bill? Uh, you've never been at a dirty Arby's, or not an Arby's, but a, a dirty Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A's are always clean. You've been in dirty Wendy's, dirty McDonald's. You've never been in a dirty Arby's. And the other thing is they do a lot of promotion from within. I know kids that have started working there in high school that go on to be proprietor managers, uh, they, they have a great management promotion system. I agree, I agree with the call there. I have been in – everybody knows that, that experience. Like, you have been on the road, for instance. And I drive to Florida every year. In fact, on Friday we're doing it. It's an awful drive. I got three young kids. You drive all the way down. We're going to go to Destin, like the Destin-Panama City Beach area. Beautiful beaches down there in Florida. We're going to leave on Friday. And – I, there is a McDonald's in Montgomery, outside of Montgomery, Alabama. A McDonald's, when you get off the interstate there, in that area, that the McDonald's was so dirty that every time I drive by, I look over there and I'm like, oh, there's the dirty-ass McDonald's. Like, we went in there with my family, and I was like, I will never go in this store again, in this fast food place again. And Chick-fil-A, to their credit, they have the best employees and they also have the cleanest restaurants. I've never been in one that was not immaculate, relatively speaking, for a fast food restaurant. And that matters. Like, if you've got kids and you're going to put them on the jungle gym, like that McDonald's that we went into that was outside of Montgomery, Alabama, that McDonald's we went into, I felt like there might be a homeless man living in their play area. Like, I was like, I don't think I could even let my kid go down the cur- the, the curly uh, slide, the swirly slide. I think there's a I think there's there might be a dead man in there and if it's not a dead man I think there's a homeless man living in there. 
Not 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 where you want to go. And yes, and that that place should be shut down. Like what they should do if I were a franchise or or whatever, you know, because you got all these franchisees and some of them do a good job with your brand, some of them do a bad job. They should shut 10% of them every year. And then you would knock out all the bad ones and you would put everybody else on notice. And as a result, the overall quality of your brand would be would rise. Because there's a lot of people out there who get the McDonald's franchise and they just get lazy. And they don't run it well. Or And that could be a franchise of anybody else. But I think McDonald's and Subway have the most franchises anywhere. Zero doubt that that happens. All right, we are debating. Maybe Mike Golick's listening to our show now. Mike Golick tweeting about uh, how good our show was while his own show was going on. And that's unfortunate for him because they're losing affiliates left and right. He's got the new partner. Who's his new partner? Is it Trey Wingo? Anybody know? Am I still on here? Am I still? Nobody even knows who the partner is. Yeah, it's Trey. It's Trey Wingo. And they're dropping affiliates left and right. Nobody's listening to him anymore. And now Mike Golick is actually tweeting our show while his show's on the air. Should I tweet his show back? I should tweet his show back and we go to break. Uh, I appreciate all of you. Up next is going to be Dan Wetzel, Yahoo Sports national columnist. We'll ask him, who's he got, Chick-fil-A or everybody? Uh, and uh, that's the debate question that's up right now on OutKick. Thousands of you rolling in and also sharing your opinions on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, maybe Mike Golick's voting in our poll. Um, you can see uh, what exactly the results are. I am pulling it up right now. And uh, let's see. Right now we have got 6,000 of you voting. Chick-fil-A, nearly 80% of the vote. Chick-fil-A versus every other fast food company in America. Chick-fil-A, which is the best, getting 80% of the vote. You can go vote at Clay Travis. Uh, We'll take some of your calls on the back end of this. But up next can be Dan Wetzel, Yahoo Sports national columnist. Uh, thanks for hanging with us. This is Outkick the Coverage, and you are listening to Fox Sports Radio. Pro customers at Lowe's save 5% on every purchase every day when you use your Lowe's business credit account. That's 5% on all purchases in-store or online, subject to credit approval, U.S. only. I responded to Mike Golick, who was tweeting the show during his show, but I did mine during the commercial break. Said, Mike, if you think John Skipper was an idiot, blink. Also, thanks for listening. You know it's bad for Mike Golick, and I actually feel a little bit bad for him because they they sent the other Mike away, which killed the name of his show because you can't have Mike and Mike with only one Mike. And then they put him on this new show that nobody watches on ESPN on the morning called uh, Woke Center AM. Literally, not even their moms are watching this show. I mean, it is an utter disaster. And in the process, they gave him Trey Wingo, who is maybe the most bland person in America. He might even be blander than Mike Greenberg. And now they made Mike Golick just get married to somebody new. And so now he's like, I wish I could talk about Chick-fil-A versus everybody, but I got to talk about LeBron James versus Michael Jordan. That's written into my contract at ESPN. You have to do 48,000 hours a week on Michael Jordan versus LeBron James. It's written into everybody at ESPN's contract. Also, a lot of people at FS1. Uh, we had to put that in Skip Bayless's contract and we signed him from ESPN. Skip's like, I got to have the 48,000 hours to talk about Michael Jordan versus LeBron James. Because Skip Bayless is making $180,000 a year before he started talking about Michael Jordan versus LeBron James. Now he makes $6 million a year. He's got to talk about Michael Jordan versus LeBron James every day. We're talking about Chick-fil-A versus everybody here on this show. Uh, Randy in California. What's up, Randy? Hey, uh, first off, I wanted to thank Jason Martin, man. Good uh, phone etiquette. I was on hold through the break and all that, and he's like, hang tight, we'll get you on the back end. So props to Jason Martin. 
when you decide to run for president, I'm voting for you, but VP got to be J-Mart. <laughs> I don't think, J- um, I I don't think J-Mart that. would even be willing to be my vice president. Um, I, I know, that'd be a fun relationship. Yes, I think there's a, a real dilemma there. But it's a sign of how dominant this poll question is that Jason Martin and I are actually on the same side. Uh, yeah, well, Chick-fil-A is absolutely amazing, but I, I born and raised in Central Valley, California, went to Texas, watched Cowboys 49ers, but while I was there, this is a few years ago, mind you, while I was there, went to uh, Whataburger, hands down the best burger I've ever had. I'm an In-N-Out burger guy. I don't know how far east In-N-Out has made it, but it's like a California burger, but Whataburger was amazing. I got yeah. back from... I got back from my trip in Texas, and I, I was just drinking one night, and I decided to get on a Whataburger, check the website, and they got this little app that, you know, the drop-down says, questions, comments, concerns. I had all three. Like, how come I've never had you? You guys are amazing. What do I got to do to bring you to California? My last that, name's Green. In the Yeah? Yeah, no, thanks for the call. That is a great debate for hamburger people. I had in and out when I got to California. I was just okay. I mean, I, I don't know. It's supposed to be like this revelatory experience where I eat it and like the sun suddenly shines on me and like the clouds open up and Jesus is playing a harmonica in the sky. Didn't happen for me. It's just okay. Luke in Kentucky, what's up? I want to argue KFC or White Castle is better. <laughs> first of all, first of all, you cannot argue that White Castle is the best fast food restaurant in America unless you have. But, you know, 63 children before you are 14 years old because White Castle is the white trashiest place on the planet. It makes Crystal look like, uh, you know, like uh, the, 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 the freaking, uh, I'm trying to think of what the exact, exact opposite of that would be. Makes Crystal look like a billionaire's restaurant, all right? White Castle is nowhere near the best fast food restaurant in America. Uh, yeah, pretty good. No, it, 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 we got to let Luke go. Like, you, you got to call in, like, Crystal dunks all over White Castle if you want the mini burgers. And if you are calling in arguing that White Castle is the best fast food restaurant in America, like, I, I am in disbelief, absolute disbelief. Uh, Matt in Florida. What's up, Matt? Yeah, Clay, great show. I love your show. Hey, listen. Uh, there's a chain that started in Wisconsin. It's popping up all over in Florida. It's called Culver's. Yeah, and I don't think that. Yeah, yeah, no, Culver's very good. I've got, we've got a Culver's here. It's not a fast food restaurant. Like every a few people out there are like, well, what about Chipotle? What about like those are not fast food restaurants. If like that is like fast casual. Yeah, that's the next step up. That's accurate, right? Yeah, you're correct on that. Yes, that's right. That's why. Yes, there's zero doubt about it. By the way. The White Castle guy. White Castle, this is a little-known fact. White Castle is the only place that gives home pregnancy tests to every person that buys their hamburgers. Like, I swear to God, I'm not saying it's filled with a lot of low-class people, but every teenager that comes into White Castle, they give you a pregnancy test when you order. And it's the only place you do it. Like, like I like three hamburgers and a French fry, and they give you a home pregnancy test to go pee in the bathroom and check and see if you're pregnant. I swear to God, that's that's like that's their number three special. You're like, I want three White Castles, a French fry, and they give you a home pregnancy test, and you can just go ahead and go pee in the, on the stick in the bathroom at White Castle, and you come out and you're like, all right. You give a high five, and you're like, I'm 17. I just had my eighth pregnancy test confirmed. Boom. Give me another White Castle three. I'm telling you right now. 
White Castle is not the best fast food place. It's the worst call argument we've ever had. White Castle is the worst. I can't even think of a worse brand. And by the way, we're going to go to Dan Wetzel here in a minute, but I I just want to make this clear right now. The South owns fried chicken, and we've got KFC coming out of Kentucky, obviously. We got Raisin Cane's, which is out of Louisiana. We got Chick-fil-A out of Georgia. We got Zaxby's out out of Georgia. We got Bojangles. I'm not sure where Bojangles is based or if that company still exists. But they they did exist for a long time. And we got Popeye's. And all of those are fried chicken places that the South owns. Really, maybe the debate is, who makes better fried chicken based on this list? Is it the state of Kentucky? Is it the state of Georgia? Is it the state of Louisiana? Bojangles is out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Nobody in North Carolina makes the best fried chicken. I'm tossing them out. I would say it's probably down to Georgia versus Louisiana based on this breakdown. But all of those, that's six different fast food fried chicken places, all based in the South. All good in their own right, but Chick-fil-A is the best. Uh, you can go vote in our poll question, who has the best uh, uh, chick, uh, Who has the best fast food restaurant? Chick-fil-A versus Airbody. Right now, right now, Chick-fil-A with, uh, let's see, uh, 7,000 of you have voted in the first 50 minutes of this poll. Uh, you can go find me on Twitter, at Clay Travis. That's where Mike Golick found me. Uh, and uh, you can say, which is the best fast food restaurant in the country, Chick-fil-A or every other fast food place? 80% of the vote right now, with over 8,000 of you voted. It just popped up. 80% of you saying Chick-fil-A. All right, let's bring in Eddie Garcia, and then we will go to uh, then we'll go to our guy Dan Wetzel. Let's see if we can get Dan Wetzel queued up. But first, uh, Eddie Garcia, what's shaking? All right, Clay, let's give you our Geico playoff report. We'll start in the NBA with Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals where the Celtics cruise over the Cavaliers. Boston now 8-0 at home this postseason after getting that 25-point victory in the 1-0 series lead. LeBron James, by the way, just 15 points for Cleveland in that loss. NHL playoffs, Game 2 Eastern Conference Finals. Capitals over the Lightning, 6-2. Washington had six different goal scorers. Now the Capitals have the 2-0 series lead, having won the first two games of the series on the road. Golf at the Players' Championship. Webb Simpson is your winner. Shot a 1-over-73. That was good enough for a four-shot victory. Tiger Woods, meanwhile, was within four shots of the lead and at one point tied for second on the final day, but he finished Seven shots back, tied for 11. This report brought to you by TrueCar. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from TrueCar. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit TrueCar and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Also, it's time for our Geico play of the day. Smart over the shoulder pass. Horford playing, looking at three. Got oh, oh, somebody get off my toe. Oh, out, out. 25-point Boston lead. WBZ 98.5, the sports hub of the Celtics radio network. It was part of the action in the Celtics. 25-point win over the Cavaliers. That is our Geico play of the day. Now back to Clay Travis and the Geico Outkick, the coverage studios. Hey, what did you think, by the way, Eddie, about getting tagged there by uh, Mike Golick? Uh, were you sure it was him or was it his son that they've uh, injected into that show for some unknown reason? Howard Stage. How about that, huh? Across uh, unexpected. No, yeah. it was Golick Jr. Okay. I mean, go, no, it was Golick Sr. Uh, oh, they both suck. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, Smacky the Frog says, Mr. Travis, I flipped the dial over to Fox Sports Radio this morning. At the time, I didn't know whose voice I was hearing. But within 10 seconds, I thought, this guy is a major league a-hole. Personal radio listening record for me. Seconds later, I learned that guy was you. I think he thinks that's an insult. I actually kind of really am pleased. Thank you. 
Thank you, Smacky the Frog. Um, let's go ahead and bring up Dan Wetzel whenever we get him, by the way. But first, let me tell you, you're coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Uh, we've got, um, uh, where we got? We got Dan Wetzel ready to go? Wetzel. Dan, what's up? Hey, how are you, buddy? I'm good. We got a big debate here. We're not debating Michael Jordan versus LeBron James, which Thank is uh, c- contractually required to be done for Thank six you. straight hours on ESPN and FS1 this morning. But we are debating. First of all, I- I'll give you both the debates that we've had so far. Which is more important to the peanut butter and jelly sandwich? The peanut butter or the jelly? I really think it's the peanut butter. Well, that was the 80% vote. I went jelly, but peanut butter was the majority opinion. You can't have. You just can't have the sandwich without it. Uh, I think without the jelly, though, I mean, without the – you got a fluffernutter. Remember the fluffernutter? <laughs> yes. Yes, People I do. People still eating those things. People still eating those. I mean, I'm not really like a health nut, but <laughs> – Well, There ain't a gonna, whole lot going on with the fluffernutter. You're going to love the second part since you're not a health nut. Chick-fil-A versus every other fast food place. Who you got? Uh, I mean, I think the Chick-fil-A sandwich is probably the best thing that – fast food does yes um man i still i still you know mcdonald's you know they got the big menu they got a lot going on at mcdonald's they got the breakfast right i'm the- not sure i'm gonna i'm just gonna back off the original og you know big m steakhouse golden arches um a lot going on at mcdonald's no not there's just no- one thing there's no doubt. But the Chick-fil-A right now, we've got the poll question up. Chick-fil-A versus every other fast food it's restaurant. Sunday. I mean, they just give up on a day. I mean, that, I, That's how good they are, though. They can just take a day off. Yeah, but uh, I, that, that troubles me. I want, you know, I, I thought McDonald's, when McDonald's started doing breakfast all day, because I thought there was complete arrogance of McDonald's to tell me that breakfast ends at 11. Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm hungover, and I want a, I want a McMuffin. Don't tell me I need to be down there by 11. Who are you, McDonald's, to tell me, you know, when I need to start my day? Right. Like, I eat at McDonald's, okay? If I had everything in line, everything going right, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm obeying normal social norms. I'm probably not going to McDonald's. Like, those kind of people probably don't go to McDonald's. I do. Yeah, sometimes I'm a little late on the day. Things aren't quite going my way. I need some breakfast now. So, uh, I think when they got over that, uh, I, I, I think McDonald's takes it, but and Chick Fil A just saying sorry, we don't do you, we don't do Sundays. You know what? Uh, okay, you can you can do what you want. You run your show, but I'm a seven day a week guy. I'll take the day off. I'll tell okay. you this right now: the number of people listening to you right now who are in my book, especially, there are so many days. I will say, so many times on Sunday that I have been driving on the interstate back from an SEC football game or coming back from somewhere, and I see, like, Chick-fil-A, and I think to myself, my God, that would be so good, especially if you're hungover like a lot of people are on a Sunday after a Saturday of college football, and you think, my God, that's just, like, proof that God loves me. There's Chick-fil-A. And then you also think simultaneously, wait, they're not open on Sunday. I tell you, that's happened to me a ton in airports, too. Like where you're walking through an airport terminal and you're like, all right, there's a Chick-fil-A sign. And then as you get closer, you see like that chain link, you know, like, I don't know, by the way, why they need to protect the counter in the airport. 
You ever wonder that? Like, oh, why the do they? Mall? Yeah, yeah the mall makes more sense because people can come in the mall at all hours and stuff. You have to go through a metal detector in to get into the airport. Are there that many people who are like, "Oh, Chick Fil A's not open. I'm in the airport. Let me dive across the counter there and create a scene." You know, like I just the last thing I want to do is get arrested for a federal offense because I tried to break into a Chick Fil A. I love that they have the chain link down, like they're protecting something. Uh, if I'm gonna they do. Into a, if I'm gonna break into a fast food joint at the airport, that little that little thing isn't gonna be what's gonna block me. Yeah, I just but I mean, you have to go through secure. Like the, of all the people that could be a threat, I think inside the airport you could probably go without the chain link to keep people out. The mall, you know, I'll, who I'll knows? People show up. Clay, I have not, I have not, com- you know, I'm not like committing crimes at the airport, but I have contemplated hopping that thing and seeing if I get the oil going. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's the problem pretty well behaved as a traveler but not that you know that's just sitting there so yeah they, they do that they like taunt you and I, I think that's a demerit on my you know I mean and I also like that you sit there and, and act like you only are hung over on Sundays during college football season <laughs> I don't drink any stuff. other time that's only one third of the year I was hung over. Hung over on any other Sunday. I went to a horse race. I went to a horse race on Saturday, and I put up a picture, and my outfit was getting crushed. I mean, I need to take phone calls on my outfit too. What did you think of my outfit? Uh, It's a horse race. You got to dress ridiculous. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I had on like a a pink shirt and white shorts. My wife picked it out. Now, there's an argument to be made that my wife is picking out outfits that make me look the worst, so she looks better. You know, it's like uh, you know, there's always that possibility. Yeah, Yeah, I wouldn't put it past her. Um, but, uh, but I also think like there's, I don't know that I've ever put up a picture of me wearing anything and people have said, you know what? You look flawless. My wife actually said that I need to just get a stylist and for like a week in a row, put up pictures and I'll still get crushed. I mean, they dressed me. I had nothing to do with it. Zero to do with it at Fox sports. When I was on television all the time, we literally have all these great stylists and they pick out everything, your suit, your tie, they measure you, everything else. I had nothing to do with it, head to toe, make no no choices, and at the amount of time that people would spend commenting on what I wore was unbelievable. I, like, I, the women didn't get as much attention. My, right. What I wore, finest LA stylist working for a massive network. And, yes, uh, and people would be like, know. "Why are you wearing that tie? That tie doesn't match that that jacket." I'm like, I think that the you know Fox Sports stylists who are literally LA stylists would have a better sense than a random anonymous person on Twitter. All right, we got uh, these series going, the NHL and the NBA. Are you plugged in at all? Like, how much interest do you have in these? I mean, and if at all, in the Eastern and Western Conference, in the NHL and the NBA? I, decent. I, I mean, I always like this time of year because, like, every single night you can pop, yes. you know, for through two months. There's something going on. And I don't like baseball. So, I'm not a big baseball fan. I'm not, I'm not watching regular season baseball. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty dialed into both of them. I mean, you So you know. grew up in Boston. Do you think the Celtics legitimately have a chance to win this series, even though they're up 1-0? Like, what do you expect in game two? Or do you think, ultimately, the Cavs just kind of take control of it? No, I think Boston has a chance. I think Boston, I think this is a little like Brad Stevens' Butler teams. They're totally underestimating how good these players are. They've got Jalen Brown, thir- third pick overall. Uh, Horford, third pick overall. I think Smart's sixth pick. Tatum, third pick overall. They traded. They could have had one. It could have been one. Danny Ainge wanted them at one. That's four top six picks. Now, I'm not saying that they're uh, Golden State, but these guys are good players. 
you know, I mean, not in the very near recent past, everyone thought they were really good players. And yeah, they lost Kyrie and they lost Hayward, but they have good players, and they're and they they're well coached and they're playing with a lot of confidence. So yeah, absolutely, they can they can beat Cleveland. I mean, I you know, I just think it's like well, because when Butler made the championship game against Duke, now they went two years in a row, but the one against Duke, I mean, they. Everyone's like, oh, my God, they have no players. Like, well, they had Gordon Haywood. Who almost hit a running three-pointer, by the way, to beat Duke, right? Would have been one of the most amazing wins wins ever. Shelvin Mack, who played in the NBA. So, two NBA players on a Butler team. Well, that's a good team. Usually, to win an NCAA basketball championship, you need, like, two-and-a-half NBA players or more if you you go through the thing. So, that means two guys that make in the NBA for for a while. One guy is, you know, one of those guys in the G League, but he played – 37 games this year, you know, or, or, or had a good Europe game. They basically had that, but nobody kind of thought it at the time. And I'm not sure you don't look back and go, well, you know, this, this uh, Boston team has players. So you, LeBron is unreal. What we're watching is unreal, not to spark any kind of debates. But, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, if you're going to rely on one guy, it is almost impossible to, to make the finals. It's really impossible to do it without – just, just sweeping people. I mean, you just can't do it. So, I take I don't take a lot from a blowout in the playoffs. You know, the blowouts in the NBA have gone for a long time. They can come back, win by one point Tuesday night, and it's one one, and they're celebrating. Hey, we just walked out of there. So, I don't take too much from that. But I, I think Boston's talent is being undervalued, and I'm not really sure why. When you look at at where all these guys were picked, they may not have walked in the league and been Ben Simmons or something. But these are all super high draft picks, and they've got an extraordinary coach, and they're all playing together with great confidence. That's, that's a dangerous team no matter what their names are. What about in the Western Conference tonight? Uh, the Warriors going on the road against the Rockets. I'm excited to see this one. I think game one in this series matters a tremendous amount to the Rockets, who I'm convinced don't really believe they can beat the Warriors until they do it. Do you buy into that uh, thesis? What do you expect to see tonight? Yeah, this is, I mean, look, it's interested, this is all that I just said. This is the NBA Finals right here. I mean, this is, whoever comes out of this thing is, is, is the particularly if it's Golden State. Um, it, you know, and I, and I think these first two games, Houston has to win them. Houston cannot lose tonight. It's a little like when Toronto and Cleveland yep. in the last series, where Toronto's sitting there saying, we can do it, we can do it, we can do it. Lose game one, give up, boom. Like, Cleveland's not going to give up against Boston. Cleveland's not sitting there going, well, we just can't beat these guys. No, that, that's not happening. But it did have a Toronto. And it, Houston, it, it won't be quite the same because Houston has some alpha dogs. But, boy, they need to come out and push, put Golden State on its back and say, all right, we got you up 2-0. These two games are just absolutely critical for the Houston Rockets. And this is going to be a very interesting series. And it's, it's ostensibly for the NBA championship. Dan Wetzel, thanks for getting up early with us. Uh, go follow Dan at Dan Wetzel on Twitter. Go read his columns at Yahoo Sports and uh, enjoy the game tonight. All right, take care. Uh, we will be back. Final segment, hour two. And you know what I want to do? We haven't done this in a while. Tebow Watch. There was a big article about Tim Tebow I read over the weekend in the Sunday New York Times and what he's meant to the uh, Rumble Ponies up there in uh, upstate New York in, I think, Binghamton. And uh, I think that's where it was. And as a result, I was kind of blown away by his batting average, which I didn't know 
I want to talk about that. I want to get an update from Jason Martin on the Tebow watch next. We haven't done it in a while. Stay tuned. I think I'm going to blow your mind next on Fox Sports Radio. Great news. Quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. want to bring uh, in Jason Martin. And I saw the write-up on Tim Tebow, and I think there's a legitimate argument to be made that Tim Tebow is rapidly approaching, I want to say, most successful two-sport athlete ever because, obviously, you had Deion Sanders and uh, what's the Jordan? I don't remember Jordan's first name. Uh, wasn't it Jordan, the St. Louis Cardinal, who played, uh, who played uh, NFL and baseball as well? And both those guys did it at a really high level. And obviously, Bo Jackson is like different caliber level of success at both sports. But I don't think we have any of those guys now. And when Tim Tebow made the decision that he was going to go play baseball, I think most of people looked at it like it was crazy. I think there's no doubt now that Tebow has passed Jordan. If you want to do a Jordan versus somebody argument... I think there's zero doubt that Tim Tebow has passed Jordan and that even people who were critical of Tim Tebow have to acknowledge now that he's in double A. Let's play the music. Um, what are his numbers right now, Jason Martin? He's playing pretty well, honestly. He had struggled a bit at the dish the last time we did this segment a little over a week ago, but he's hitting it better. He's still striking out too much overall, 46 times this year, but that's better certainly than what he was doing last year. He has 172 Ks. For his career in 530 total at-bats. But for Binghamton this year, he's played 30 games, 100 times he's stepped to the plate. He's got 26 hits, hitting 260. That brings his career average up a bit to 232. Three home runs now this season as he's hit two here in this last few weeks. 14 RBIs isn't great, but nobody's getting on base in front of him. So that's not helping him out. Just for context's sake, when Michael Jordan played in Birmingham for the Barons in A. He hit 202 and struck out 114 times at 51 RBIs. Tebow, 5 for 15 in his last five. Not otherworldly, but not terrible. Playing better on the road this year as well. Last year, if you recall, when we did the Tebow watch, the splits were really lopsided between home and away and some of the other stats, left and right. He's hitting 258 against lefties, 261 against righties. 262 at home and 259 on the road, but he still doesn't play well in the daytime, just hitting 179 in sunshine compared to 292 under the lights. So when the lights are brightest, as we know, Tim Tebow shows up to play. For the month of May so far, he's hitting 316, and for the last 30 days of baseball, he's at 282. So he's playing pretty well right now. I'm so excited. Yeah, look, I mean, I think 261, bring in the guys out in L.A. Like, for if you have not been paying attention to this story, 261 in double-A ball is pretty damn good, right? I, I think relative to expectations of what Tebow would do in Major League Baseball and professional baseball, he has now, even if you're a Tebow hater, he has drastically exceeded, I think, what reasonable expectations could have been. 100%. And all of us thought he was going to get called up last season. Yeah. Two, I mean, 260 is uh, that's a reasonable batting average. I mean, there are guys who have been playing baseball their entire lives that are really good and were drafted and will never hit close to 260 in double A ball. I mean, double A ball, a lot of times now, triple A is for older guys. And I know Tebow's an older guy. He's 30, I think, now or 31. 
But there are a lot of guys out there that will never be able to hit at that caliber who've been playing baseball every day since they were 10 years old. And Tebow took all those years off to play football, obviously at an insanely high level. But to me, I think he will play in the major leagues. Now, I know the Mets have had a relatively good start to the season, but if they fade and they're not really in the mix to advance in the uh, into the playoffs, I, I mean, I don't even think it would be that outlandish of a decision to call him up now if he keeps hitting around 260 air, uh, level. I mean, there are lots of guys out there that will know. Anyway, I'm, I think it's just it's worthy of praise. Fair, fair, Jason Martin? Like, when we started this thing off, I didn't ever think that Tim Tebow would be hitting 260 in double A. No, I mean, I thought maybe this would be a parody segment. Maybe he would have some stretches where he did well. And, I, you know, I don't know how he's going to do if he does get called up, and I think we all believe that he will. And for the Mets, the woeful Mets, as they continue to fall, we'll see that. But he's doing better. That's the thing. He seems to be learning. He went, let's see, nine games out of ten, including seven straight last month. He struck out multiple times. And then for like a week and a half after that, he only struck out three times total. So he's figuring it out as he goes along. And there's no, there's I don't think anybody saw him hitting 260. Like 260 this season in Double A, that's that's really respectable. It really is. Congratulations to Tim Tebow. Uh, the Mets are 19 and 18 right now, so they're four games out of first place. Assuming that they started hot and then they've kind of faded, I think there's a good chance that he's playing Major League Baseball in October. In fact, I would bet more likely than not that it's going to happen. That Tebow 15 Mets jerseys will be going off Agreed. the charts, uh, going off the shelves in a hurry. Final hour of the show up next. We'll dive back in. NBA Eastern and Western Conference discussion next on OutKick. Live from the Geico OutKick Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. We are rolling through the day's show. I appreciate all of you joining us on the Monday edition OutKick the Coverage. Encourage you to download the podcast. Much to discuss that we have already discussed as well in the first two hours, but obviously coming into uh, hour three for many of you waking up across the country, including on the West Coast, yesterday's biggest story, I think by far the 25-point win of the Boston Celtics over LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. We will discuss that a bit. We have got the Western Conference officially underway tonight. Uh, the Rockets hosting the Golden State Warriors. What do we expect to see in that series? We will discuss that a bit. The long star-crossed and cursed it would have appeared Washington Capitals have snagged a 2-0 series lead over the Tampa Bay Lightning, winning two on the road. Could the Capitals be poised to advance to the Stanley Cup final? The Winnipeg Jets have put away at least in Game 1, the Vegas Golden Knights. I think right now, if you were predicting, it would be Winnipeg against the Washington Capitals. We will see what continues to transpire there. Uh, we are also debating, and uh, the poll question results are rolling in. Uh, we had a controversial toss-up question this morning I thought would end up more convoluted and uh, more difficult than it is, but 13,000 of you have voted in the first hour and a half of this poll question, you can go uh, seek it out at Clay Travis on Twitter. Which is the best fast food restaurant in the country? Chick-fil-A or every other fast food place? You can pick your favorite. Chick-fil-A getting 80% of the votes. The rest of fast food 
places in the country, whatever your favorite might be, just getting 20% of the vote. Chick-fil-A dunking all balls to the face style all over the rest of the fast food restaurants. But last night's biggest sports story, LeBron James goes into Boston and he emerges with his tail tucked between his legs, beat down from the Celtics on the Cavs. Is LeBron worried? He said no. I have zero level of concern at this stage. I didn't go to college, so it's not March Madness. You know, you, you get better throughout the series. You see ways you can get better throughout the series. But I've been down 0-1. I've been down 0-2. Uh, I've been down before in the postseason. But for me, there's never no level of concern, no matter how bad I play tonight with seven turnovers, how inefficient I was shooting the ball, just as confident going into a series, no matter if, I, if it's a 0-0 series or I'm down 0-1. I've seen uh, every coverage um, pretty much. Um, and for me, uh, game one has always been a fill-out game for me. Um, if you ever follow my history, so um, you know, I got a, a, a good sense of the way they played me today, and uh, you know, and, and how I play going to going to the game too. Now the Cavs have lost four games so far in the playoffs this year. They lost three to the Pacers. They didn't lose to the Raptors. Good job, Canada. And now they've lost once to the Boston Celtics. In three of those four games, they have been blown out. They lost by 18 to start the series against the Pacers. That series ended up going seven. Of course, they had the home court advantage in that series. They don't in this series. Game two is going to be massive tomorrow night because if you go up 2-0 in an NBA series, you win 94% of the time. Not to say that LeBron James and the Cavs can't come back from 0-2, but if you go down 2-0, you got five games left and you have to win four of them. So that's a pretty high standard to have to meet no matter who you are. It's tough to come back from 0-2 down. So I think the uh, the game two is must win for the Cleveland Cavaliers. But what I would say should make you a little bit more comfortable if you are a Cavs or a LeBron fan is that there have been seven close games so far for the Cavs in the postseason this year. The Cavs have won six of them. The only close game they have lost in the playoffs this year so far was game three against the Indiana Pacers. Every other game, there have been seven of them, the other six they have won. A little bit of fool's gold perhaps in that series against the Raptors because you change two plays and instead of a sweep, it's a 2-2 series. Going back to Toronto for game five. Uh, The Cavs won game one, probably shouldn't have won that when they stole it. They also won game three. Uh, They could have lost it. But like I said, they've won six out of seven. Scale of one to ten, Jason Martin. How nervous should LeBron and the Cavs be after game one? Not just because of game one, but what I said after the first game of the Eastern Conference semifinals was I would take Boston. And I'm willing to stand right here and say I think the Celtics are actually going to win this series. And how many games? As difficult as that is. That I don't know. Because LeBron is that good. Rest makes rust, not necessarily for LeBron James, although maybe for him yesterday, but yesterday what kind of bothered me was the supporting cast that was there against Toronto. Those guys had a playoff lather built up, and yesterday they were terrible. Their leader was terrible. The Celtics are not afraid, which we knew going in. Indiana was not afraid and took them to seven. This team is better than Indiana. They play with the same level of calm that Brad Stevens exhibits on the sideline. Next time you see a shot of him where they cut away to him where he doesn't look like everything's going according to his plan, that's going to be the first. 
They've got multiple defensive problems and irritants, kind of like Lance Stevenson in the two Marcuses, both Smart and Morris. They got Jason Tatum. That dude's a stud. That's a guy Philadelphia could have had had they not gotten fleeced into taking that first pick and drafting Markel Fultz. They got Terry Rozier playing out of his mind at the point guard position. Didn't shoot well yesterday, but still had eight assists. And then they've got Al Horford, who's been in conference final series in the past, undermanned when he's been there, but he's been there. Another calm guy, real similar to Brad Stevens in the way he plays. 17.2 and 8.3 plus three and a half assists a game this postseason. He's shooting and, and scoring over six points above his regular season average right now. And I didn't even mention Jalen Brown, who had 23, and he's on the verge of being an all-star. This is a blue-collar team that plays as a unit. They're not playing ISO basketball. They're not going one-on-five. They make the extra pass. They play tenacious defense. They crash the boards. It was 42-31 to on the defensive glass yesterday in favor of Boston. They're physical. They can finish. They're confident. LeBron can say he's not worried because he knows that Cleveland has LeBron on its roster. He's arguably the smartest basketball mind of all time. But what he knows internally is that that team he's playing is better than his team and better coached than his team. And he knows that the Cavs are going to have to play well and he's going to have to pull out some 40-point performances to get this job done. And that might not be enough. What bothers me is that the supporting cast, I don't see them just turning it on and off. They might show up here and there, but what they did against the Raptors, that's what LeBron needs them to do against Boston. And yesterday, to me, was a really bad sign for everybody else. So give me Boston. I don't know. It won't be shorter than six, but I think Boston gets this done. What about you guys in L.A.? How nervous? I would say a five out of ten. This is definitely feeling like Celtics in six or seven because we know LeBron can will a victory or two just on his own. But the coaching, the way the Celtics move the ball, the the way they get back on defense, it's just going to be too much for even LeBron. I'm not I'm not willing to bet against LeBron James right now. I think it comes down to Tuesday. I think if the Celtics go out and win the first two, then I'll say, okay, I expect the Celtics to win this series. And I don't think that's a crazy perspective. I think if the Cavs come back and win game two, then nobody's going to care about the blowout that happened in game one zero it just counts as a loss and I think there's some part of this Cavs because they're a veteran team that when they get beat they just go ahead and throw in the towel and it's like they decide not to put forth very much effort and I think that's why ultimately they don't have a I don't think they have a very good chance of contending for a title I just don't think you're that good but I do think they're veteran in the sense that they don't expend energy when they know the battle's already lost the, to me, the significant factor is they've been blown out three times. They've only lost one close game so far in the playoffs. So if they are in the race, they're like a horse. You know, sometimes these horses out there, if a horse just gets run out of the gate and doesn't have anything left, they're like, I'll just save my energy. I think that's almost what the Cavs are as a veteran team. That's that's a good point, but how do you explain the third quarter? Because the Cavs played really well in that yeah, third they quarter. They to, came back. They cut it to 14, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had been losing by, what, 28 I mean, or I, something like I that. I think they made their run, and then to the Celtics' credit, to start, that's where LeBron answered the question. The Celtics, at the start of the fourth quarter, came out and, and scored, I think, the first seven points of the, of the third quarter, or the fourth quarter, to basically put that game away. Uh, so I think the I think the Cavs came out to start the third quarter and said, let's see if we can make this a game. Now they got down 28, and I don't know what the percentages are. I know they came back against the Pacers a couple of years ago after a 28-point deficit, 
and it seems like this happens regularly in the NBA that a team gets down 20 and then comes back. 28's pushing it. Uh, they cut it to 14, and I think they were prepared to make a run, and then I think the Celtics just took control of the game in the start of the fourth, and then from there, the Cavs just gave it away. Um, so I, I think that ultimately, if the game is close, the Cavs believe they're going to win it because they have the best player in the uh, in the world, and they believe that he's going to put them in a situation to win or he's going to win it themselves, win it for himself. I mean, right? You go back and look at that entire series against the Pacers and also what happened against the Raptors. There's a reason why the Cavs are 6-1 and one in games decided inside the final five minutes. They would have lost the series. If they had just split close games in that series with the Pacers, even if the if Oladipo doesn't go into hibernation for, I guess it was games three, four, and five, basically, then the Pacers win that series. I, I, I really do believe that. And if they had just the Pacers just been able to make one more play down the stretch, they would have won that series too. I think they would have won game five. If you remember when LeBron got away with potentially the goaltend and then hit the uh, the big jumper to uh, at the end of the, literally at the end of regulation to win that game on a three-point shot, uh, I think the Cavs would already be eliminated. Now, I think the Raptors, that series, was more about the mentality of the uh, opposing team. I think the Raptors just crumbled mentally. I don't think the Celtics are going to do that. But if I were betting right now, and by the way, the line is right around one point. The Celtics are a one-point favorite. If I were betting on this one right now, I think the Cavs will win a close game two on Tuesday to bounce back from the 25-point deficit. Now, if the Celtics come back and they hold home court, because Celtics haven't lost a game at home all season they are in the playoffs. They are 8-0, and I believe, at home so far in the postseason. Now, they've only won one game on the road, so, uh, so that is uh, certainly a little bit ominous, and I think there would be a decent chance even if they won the first two, that the Cavs would win the next two and we'd come back to Boston for a 2-2 series tie. But if they can win game two, then I think the onus, I I, I have to say, the Celtics are going to win this series, which is why I don't think they will. I think that the Cavs will still win this series, is my belief. I'm not going to bet against LeBron James, particularly given what the Celtics have right now. I do think LeBron James, when he's playing at this, this, this year's Celtics, has to look at them and think, Boy, this team, imagine how good they're going to be with Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward next year. This long postage stamp that I've basically had over the Eastern Conference is probably going to come to a close unless I go to the Sixers. Because there's no way the Cavs can remake their roster enough to even be competitive with Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving coming back for this Celtics team. And I don't think even with the 76ers that LeBron on the 76ers would necessarily be good enough to beat the Celtics at full strength. Which is why I've been saying I think LeBron's most likely destination is going to end up being Houston with the Rockets. We'll talk about that series next because I am very curious to see what's going to transpire there. I think the Houston Rockets absolutely, positively must, beyond a shadow of a doubt, win this game one tonight down in Houston. I'll tell you why on the flip side. I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage. Thanks for listening here on Fox Sports Radio. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. By the way, belated, happy Mother's Day. Hopefully your sons and daughters. 
managed to take care of you on Mother's Day. For the mothers out there that are listening, happy Mother's Day to all of you. Nobody loves moms more than me. It's the truth. Uh, I uh, had a good Mother's Day. Went out to uh, Buca de Beppo. Took the whole family out. <laughs> had uh, I've got my mother-in-law in the house. Got my father-in-law in the house. Got my mom lives down the street. And uh, my wife, obviously, with three boys. So uh, we had a good time. And uh, I hope you guys did as well. Also went to the steeplechase horse race this weekend in Nashville. My outfit, you want to check it out. I thought I looked good. As per usual, I was crushed. You can go check out uh, at Clay Travis. You can also vote in our poll question. Everybody else going to be going Michael Jordan versus LeBron James. Did Michael Jordan ever lose by 25 points in the Eastern Conference Finals? The answer is yes, evidently, back in 1992. They lost to Craig Elo and the Cleveland, uh, the good old Cleveland Cavs, ironically enough. But our poll question, which is the best fast food restaurant in the country, Chick-fil-A or every other fast food place? I'd love to see these results. Right now, over 15,000 of you have voted, and Chick-fil-A is getting 80% of the vote, just like butter did, peanut butter did, in the peanut butter versus jelly debate. So far, we haven't even had a debate I've still got a lot of different debates we're going to have over the course of the NBA season. Uh, If you are a Washington Capitals fan and you are listening to us this morning, your world has never been better. You are now up in a massive way, getting two road wins, two games away from the Western, uh, from the winning the Western Conference and or winning the Eastern Conference and advancing to the Stanley Cup Final. And game two, I believe, of the uh, Winnipeg Jets against the Vegas Golden Knights will be taking place tonight. Winnipeg having won. Game one. We know the Cavs got destroyed last night. We've been talking a little bit about that, but let's turn the page a bit and advance forward. And by the way, I also want to say I caught up in my uh, my Twitter feed during the last break. Brian Jordan was the baseball player I was talking about when we were discussing Tebow Watch. Brian Jordan, of course, very good NFL and uh, Major League Baseball player. There are relatively few two sport athletes now, and I think again, Tim Tebow batting two sixty in double-A at Binghamton. Very good chance that he will become a Major League Baseball player at some point this season. I think it's likely that he's going to get called up. But tonight, Rockets hosting the Golden State Warriors. The Rockets are a two-point favorite the last I saw. I think Golden State's going to win. But I think the Rockets absolutely, positively must win this game to convince themselves they can win this series against the Warriors because I don't believe that deep down they really believe it. And I think that's going to matter a great deal. If they lose, I think we could see a Rockets-like, sorry, a Raptors-like collapse from the Rockets because I think there's a decent chance that back in their mind, if they lose game one, they're going to be like, man, we won 65 games in the regular season. We went 8-2 and two in the first two rounds of the playoffs. We've been pointing towards this matchup and this series for the entirety of the offseason. We brought in Chris Paul, all these changes. Everything was built around beating the Warriors, and we've never really advanced this level to this level or beyond before, and I think that the Warriors are going to come out relaxed. I think they're the better team. I'm excited to watch it tonight and see what happens but I believe that the Warriors are going to take it to the Rockets, and I think they're going to win. And if that happens, then I think we might see a Raptors-like situation. Not necessarily a sweep, but a five-game series. Because I think this is must-win. On the flip side, if the Rockets win, 
I think you could pencil in a six or seven game series would be my most likely prediction. What do you guys think is going to happen in this one tonight? Do you agree with me that it is must win for the Rockets? Whereas I think if the Warriors lose, they'll just kind of shake it off. They've been through a lot of these games before and uh, typically they're not playing from behind in any series, hardly at all. Certainly not with Kevin Durant because I believe, and the math is always tough live on the air, I believe right now they are 24-3 and in their last 27 playoff games. None of those have they ever trailed in. So I do think it would be a little bit of a shot to the Warriors, but I think the Warriors believe they're a lot better. This is must win for the Rockets. You with me, Jason Martin? Absolutely. Uh, even though you know we've talked about how game one doesn't necessarily mean anything in the NBA, the stats would actually disagree. Teams that win game one in a seven-game NBA playoff series historically win that series 79% of the, 79% of the time. Now let's pause of there for those. a minute. That's a, that's a great stat, but by and large, the best team wins game one. Right, so it doesn't necessarily. I understand that argument of, for instance, you know, whoever wins Game One is going to win the series. That's because usually the best team wins Game One, period. Right. So, I do you think there's any way that it's seventy nine percent chance that the Celtics are going to win this series right now? No, my my, I was going further. If you lose Game One at home, your percentage chance of winning, and that's just in that small classification, is forty four percent. That's historic there. Recent NBA Finals numbers are a little bit different. But if you look at Houston, Houston and Toronto, this is the argument I've made for months, they're the same because they've done about as much as each other. The Raptors have gotten worse in the postseason despite what everybody says about their stars during the regular season and during the All-Star break, and we've seen the same thing. We've seen James Harden shrink in the NBA Finals. We've seen him shrink in the playoffs. This is the first time Chris Paul's ever made it to the Western Conference Finals. Mike D'Antoni also futility once he gets deep into the playoffs they have to win for their own confidence because if they go down 0-1 their minds are going to start to move sometimes when you're lost in your thoughts it's the absolute worst place that you can be athletes need short memories unfortunately for people like Chris Paul and James Harden all of their memories suck in the postseason so they have to win tonight or they're not going to believe because right now I would say they're teetering on the we can beat this team we were built to beat this team the Warriors are not going to flinch if they lose game one in a hostile environment. They're going to be absolutely fine. They've got, what, three Hall of Famers, probably minimum, maybe four Hall of Famers in their starting five right now. All of them can shoot the basketball. They're going to be okay. I've got Warriors in six because I just don't believe in the mental faculties of the Houston Rockets when it gets down to crunch time. And Clint Capella, who's one of their most important players down low, what he does isn't necessarily going to benefit them that much against Golden State. Golden State's just a whole lot better than they are when you break it down. And if Houston loses tonight, I don't think they have any chance of winning this series. Yeah, if Houston loses tonight, then Game 2 becomes basically the series. Because they can't, I mean, again, we'll see what happens tonight. I think Houston has to win if they want to make this a 6-7 or seven game series. I think the Warriors are going to win, and I think ultimately the Rockets are going to crumble in this series. I really do. I think the, the the Warriors are starting to hit on all gear. I think when you're a champ like the Warriors are, it's rare that somebody really steps to you and makes you believe that, that, you, that they can beat you. Now, I don't think that there's any part at all of the Warriors that thought, you know what, we might lose to this Spurs team without Kawhi Leonard. I don't think they remotely believed it. As good as Anthony Davis is, I don't think there's any part of the Warriors that thought, you know what, we might lose to this Pelicans team. I think that there is an element in their mind 
of, oh, the Rockets think they can run with us. They are wrong. We are going to crush them. And I think that this could be ugly for the Rockets. Do you guys buy into that theory, L.A.? I respect the Golden State Warriors and their greatness, but I'm going to go the other way. I I have the Rockets winning in seven. This is going to be a dogfight. I don't think this is going to be a breeze for the Warriors. And what was missing last season for the Rockets, it felt like a piece was missing. You remember, too, that James Harden disappeared in that final playoff game. I don't see him doing that two seasons in a row. He loves to play with Chris Paul, and I believe this is going to be CP3's postseason coming out party. He looked fantastic in the last series. That's going to carry over to this series. And Jason, I got to disagree with you on Capella. I I think he's going to be the secret weapon for the Rockets, so I'm looking forward to this series. What about you, Justin Cooper? What side are you going? And I disagree with Danny on all fronts in these playoffs. I think that the the Warriors are going to win, and there's no doubt in my mind about that. And I also I still believe that LeBron's probably going to come back and win this. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to bet against the Cavs. I mean, I've just seen LeBron pull rabbits out of the hat way too often, and I thoroughly expect for the Cavs to come back and win game two. I mean, I, I just really legitimately do. Let's bring in uh, Eddie Garcia, find out what's shaking in the world of sports for everybody out there who's just waking up across the country. Give us the update, my man. Well, Clay, let's start with your Geico playoff report in the NBA playoffs opening game of the Eastern Conference Finals. Jalen Brown, Marcus Morris, Al Horford all go for 20 or more points. Celtics got off to a great start en route to a 108-83 win over the Cavaliers. 25-point win for Boston. They're 8-0 at home this postseason, and they held LeBron James to only 15 points. Boston with a 1-0 series lead. NHL playoffs game two Eastern Conference Finals. Capitals beat the Lightning in Tampa Bay again. 6-2 the final. Six different goal scorers for Washington as they have a 2-0 series lead, having won the first two games of the series on the road. In golf, the Players' Championship, they call it the fifth major. Webb Simpson is your winner. Despite a 1-0 over 73 on the final day, but he had a big lead going into it. Four-shot victory for him. Tiger Woods was within four shots of the lead at one point on the final day. He was in tie for second place, uh, but he ends up finishing seven shots back and tied for 11th place. This report's brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And real quick, from baseball, Sunday night it was the Nationals over the Diamondbacks. 6-4, Washington sweeping the four-game series in Arizona. The Yankees beat the A's 6-2. Giancarlo Stanton 4-4 with a home run for New York. And the Angels walk off with a 2-1 win over the Twins. LA starting pitcher Shohei Otani went six and a third innings. One run, three hits, 11 strikeouts in a no decision. Now back Back to the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios and Clay Travis. We are coming to you live. Thank you uh, for the update there from the Geico Outkick Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Are you guys stunned by the fact that this debate in the vote, Chick-fil-A versus every other fast food place in the country, has ended up as lopsided as it has? Uh, you can still go vote. Uh, I put this poll question up at 6.30 a.m. It is now 8.30 a.m. This is East Coast time. 8.30 a.m. on the East Coast. So it's been up for right at two hours. And 16,000 of you have voted. Uh, and 80% of you are in agreement that Chick-fil-A is better than any other fast food restaurant. So we couldn't even have like Chick-fil-A against another option I'm giving you the opportunity to be on any other fast food restaurant side. This means now that in our first two debates, peanut butter versus jelly, peanut butter dunked all over jelly, now Chick-fil-A dunking all over every fast food company. Jason Martin, 80 to 20, 
Chick-fil-A versus every other fast food company. Are you a little bit surprised it's this lopsided? Yeah, maybe a little bit that it's that lopsided. I certainly expected Chick-fil-A to win, and fairly convincingly, because a lot of our audience and a lot of your long-term audience is from the South, and Chick-fil-A, I mean, we've been down with CFA for a long, long time around these parts, and now that we're kind of growing the company out there as well as growing the radio show out to the West Coast, I do expect that we would have gotten maybe a 65, maybe, but 80 is awfully high. It's impressive, and I'm happy because it means that our audience is intelligent because any other argument is fallacious. (laughs) What about you guys in L.A.? Are you surprised by the dominance of Chick-fil-A? No, because... Like like Jason was saying, your P1s and your hardcore Clay Travis fans have not got to experience in and out Obviously, your West Coast listeners have, but your Southerners, unfortunately, in and out has not spread that far south. So I am telling you right now. Once I've that happened, though, Clay, if that happened, for some reason it was just okay to you. Yes. But uh, I, don't know, I don't know why that is. Most people, when they come out this way and they have it, they're hooked on it. There's a lot of people who want to argue West Coast bias. I mean, a lot of people out there, and we like to put up poll questions. So, and people say, oh, it's early in the morning. People on the West Coast haven't voted. You know, this, this poll is already like uh, locked, and we had 28,000. This was last week. Who are you rooting for in the NBA's Final Four? We had the Celtics, the Cavs, the Warriors, and the Rockets up. And do you remember what everybody said? All the Warriors fans were like, well, people haven't woken up on the West Coast yet. Like, I think that's underrated I or overrated because all day long people continued to vote in this poll, and I never did come and give you the final results, and I thought this was kind of interesting. All right, who are you rooting for? 31% of my audience is rooting for the Boston Celtics. 30% are rooting for the Cleveland Cavaliers. 22% are rooting for the Houston Rockets, and just 17% are rooting for the Warriors. I think that's actually a pretty good reflection of the nation's rooting interest right now. Now, granted, uh, are there people in, like, what, what, where J- Justin Cooper has the numbers, but I think Houston is like our third or fourth biggest market in the country in terms of podcast downloads. A lot of people read OutKick. We got a big fan base in Houston. Uh, and the Rockets only got 22% of the vote. So, and I don't think, I don't think I'm huge in Boston by any stretch of the imagination. A lot of people in Ohio either love or hate me because of Ohio State over the years. Um, but I think this is a pretty accurate reflection of what the nation is rooting for. I think most people in the Celtics-Cavs series are probably rooting for Celtics. We'll, we'll poll Celtics versus Cavs tomorrow is our poll question. I'll give you a heads up because Game 2 will be going on tomorrow. And then before Game 2 of Warriors-Rockets, we'll also poll Warriors versus Rockets because I'm interested in where people are. But I think there are a lot of people in the nation as a whole that don't like the Warriors ever since Kevin Durant made the decision to join the Warriors because they feel like that killed a lot of the suspense. So if I were betting, and obviously there's a lot of anti-LeBron people, but there's also a lot of pro-LeBron people, I think in these series that the majority of the population is rooting for the Celtics and that the majority of the population is rooting for the Rockets. Uh, Now, ironically, I still think we're going to get Warriors versus uh, Cavs part four. I don't think that's going to be close, and I think the NBA Finals is basically taking place starting tonight between the Warriors and the Rockets, but I think the Warriors are going to handle the Rockets pretty easily. So I I think in general that that's an accurate reflection. You guys disagree in L.A.? You think there's more Warrior fans? You think that my audience is biased against the Warriors? 
I don't know if biased is the right word, but nationally, for some reason, it just doesn't seem to be a ton of Golden State Warriors. I don't know if it is the Kevin Durant factor, because prior to that, there didn't seem to be a ton of Warrior fans. And an ongoing joke in California here is prior to Steph Curry and the phenomenon of the Warriors, those were all Sacramento Kings fans. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. not sure about the the total fan base yeah, of the Justin Warriors. Yeah, Justin Cooper, pull up the podcast too, because the, the podcast numbers, because I would argue that we're not actually that biased geographically. If I remember correctly, and we'll get the latest numbers, you told me in April that our top six, I'm going to try to do these in order if I can remember them, because I don't think I have it written down here, or I might actually. Let's see. You, Yeah, I've got them written down right here beside me. You told me the top six the markets for downloads were Nashville. Now, that's not a surprise because I did local radio in Nashville. I live here. Um, so it's not a surprise we have a big audience in Nashville downloading the podcast. Atlanta. Then we've got LA at number three, Dallas at number four. And I think we don't even have an affiliate in Dallas, which I think speaks to the fact that we got a big audience there. Houston in the five spot. And then we just added a new affiliate in Chicago. And I think San Francisco is like seven. Uh, if we can get those numbers, we'll hit them for you. So I don't even buy into the fact, because West Coast at least is representing the three spot here, and I don't really know that there's considered to be a uh, a Southern team in this market, right? Uh, and certainly we are uh, we are not there. All right, do you have any more than the top six, or is that remain the top six most accurate as we move into May? Yep, everything you just read off is still accurate. Do we have seven? Over the last 30. Um, let me see. Hold on one second. That, well, that we'll do that on more. we'll do that on the backside here. We'll see if we have any more info for you because I I think that's a little bit of an interesting angle in terms of how accurate are these numbers? Are the Warriors the least liked of all of the teams according to the nation now? And I if if so, if if the numbers on my poll are accurate, I think it's because of Kevin Durant making the move. We'll talk about that. We'll break all the rest down for you. Final segment of the show Monday edition up next. Go download it. By the way, good podcast moment. Go download the Outkick podcast wherever you are across the country. Make sure you don't miss any of the show. This is Fox Sports Radio. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Final segment of the show, Monday edition. Looking forward to Rockets on the road against our Warriors on the road against Rockets in game one of the Western Conference Finals, which many of us, myself included, feel like is actually the NBA Finals. Uh, as we were going to break, I was talking about who the nation is rooting for. And again, we'll poll in the Eastern and the Western Conference Finals over the next couple of days. But the one that we did last week, uh, 28,000 of you voted. Celtics were the favorite of these four teams. Cavs next, basically head to head. And then Warrior, uh, then Rockets, and then the Warriors were in the last spot. And I was asking Justin Cooper, do we have any more data on the podcast downloads? Yes, we do. Okay, what? Now, so I the top six. If you're just listening out there, and I'm always kind of fascinated by where people are downloading the podcast, you can do the same. Uh, go to iTunes, search out Outkick. You can download it like millions of people are doing. Nashville, Atlanta, L.A., Dallas, Houston, and Chicago are our top six markets. What else we got? We got Knoxville, Tennessee at number seven. Yep. And at number eight, San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose area. Okay. Do we just have the top eight or do they, how no, many? No, I mean, I, I, it goes, it goes all the on way down on. to, okay. you know, yeah. 
Okay. So so San Francisco is number eight on the download list. So I don't necessarily buy into the fact that this is just an anti-West Coast vote. And I understand early in the morning when we put out the poll questions, a lot of times people on the West Coast are just waking up and they're not as easy or able to vote in these polls necessarily. But the poll stays up for usually 24 hours. And then sometimes I'll shut them down or whatever. But usually I leave them up for 24 hours just to make sure that nothing is changing. And what I have found is that the numbers don't typically change after about thirteen or 1,400 voters. It's more of the same. And, and it's interesting in that respect um, that, that the numbers basically become reflective of that, which is why, like, this today's poll question, for instance, we got into a debate, took a lot of calls. You probably will enjoy them. Which is the best fast food restaurant in the country, Chick-fil-A or every other fast food place? 18,000 of you have voted in the first two hours of this poll. 80% of you saying Chick-fil-A is the best. So I, I think that is a uh, I think that's a rough approximation. I think the Warriors are the least liked of these four teams, and uh, I think that has to do with Kevin Durant making the uh, making the move to the Warriors. Because before that, I think the face of the Warriors was Steph Curry, and it was a very happy go lucky. The Warriors were the anti LeBron James team, right? Steph was kind of the anti LeBron. And I think that's the uh, I think that was the number one change because everything seemed to change almost overnight with Kevin Durant making the decision. Now you can say, oh, Draymond Green is unlikable. Uh, you can make that argument, but I think that I think by and large it was Kevin Durant making the decision to leave because then all the people who were Oklahoma City Thunder fan turned into fans turned into anti Warriors fans. I think it's a pretty significant shift. And I don't buy into the fact, because again, the Warriors at the time that Kevin Durant left to join them were not the defending champs. I think if you're playing like chess here and trying to figure out where things are going to go, I think that the Rockets are going to lose to the Warriors and that LeBron James is going to leave the Cavs and go to the Rockets and become their savior. I think that is by far the most likely outcome to what's going to happen for next year's NBA season. I think at a minimum, with what he saw against the Celtics last yesterday afternoon, LeBron James had to look around and think, my God, my Cavs are going to be, at best, the third best team in the Eastern Conference next year. Because we don't have a lot of moves to make. We got all the money we got to pay Tristan Thompson, all the money we got to pay Kevin Love. There's not a lot of moves that the Cavs can make that can make that team a lot better than they are now. Now, maybe they'll be better if they play together for more games. They're younger. All those things could be true. But LeBron is also turning 34. When Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward come back, the Celtics are going to be infinitely better. And in theory, so are the 76ers who are young as they continue that team. Ben Simmons gets better. Joel Embiid gets better. If they stay healthy, that team is going to be a lot better. At best, the Cavs would be the third best team. I think LeBron goes to the Houston Rockets and goes head-to-head next year with the Warriors to try to end the Warriors' reign. I think the Warriors are going to go out and win their third title in four years, and effectively they're going to win that title in this series against the Golden State Warriors because I think whether you're a Celtics fan or a Cavs fan or just a basketball fan in general, you would have to agree that the odds of any team from the Eastern Conference competing with either the Warriors or the Rockets are low, particularly, I would say, if it's the Warriors, given how many big games they've been in before. I think tonight, I'm betting on it, I think the Warriors are going to go into Houston and win. 
I understand Rockets fans. They're like, no, no, no. We won 65 games. This is what we played for to have home court advantage. But yeah, I think that's why this series could rapidly fall apart if the Warriors win game one. The Rockets win, I think it's going to go six or seven. I still think the Warriors are going to win, but I think it's going to go six or seven games. If the Warriors come in and win this game tonight, then I think a lot of people are going to say, well, so much for this. Because then you would have a game going on Wednesday night where the Rockets would be like, man, we better win this game or we're going to get swept. I don't think the Warriors are going to lose a couple of games at home or anything like that. So I think this is going to turn into a five-game series. I think the Warriors are going to beat the Rockets four games to one. I think the Warriors have just been playing possum all season long. I think they know they're the best team by far. I think they are a little bit excited that the Rockets believe that they can legitimately beat them because I don't think that anybody thought the Spurs or the Pelicans, including the Warriors and everybody else, legitimately had a chance to win that series, even as hard as they played. I think the back of their mind, even the coaches and players on the Spurs and the Pelicans knew they had no chance. I think the Rockets believe that they do. I think the reality is they don't actually. This is the Warriors League. Warriors are going to win it running away. Um, I appreciate all of you hanging out. I encourage you to go download the podcast. Also, announcing today, we are going to have OutKick the weekend in Las Vegas on the 23rd, the 24th, and the 25th. A lot of the people that you love hearing on this show will be speaking and hanging out sports gambling and media conference. If you are interested in sports gambling and sports media, you need to be there. We're going to be at the Hard Rock Hotel in Las Vegas that weekend, Friday and Saturday events. You can check in on Thursday. We have hotel packages. We have ticket packages. Outkick the weekend in Vegas. I'm going to tweet it out today. Make sure you go check it out. It's going to be an awesome weekend for you, your buddies. Bring your wife, bring your girlfriend, maybe even bring your side chick, whoever you want to bring. It's going to be a lot of fun. I guarantee you. Thank you for hanging out with us. I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Smart journalism, fascinating topics, words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. 
Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you.